We're on Hollywood Boulevard. Vroom, vroom. Here we yeah, go. guys. Happy 420. Although it'll be after the 20th when you listen to this, but that's that's when we're recording it. So are you high? Uh, I I'm not. But are you sleepy? I'm sleepy, but no, I'm not high. But I'm sleepy. <laughs> I should have. I, well, I shouldn't have. I'm glad I didn't. But we have edibles. But not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. Save them. You might need them for <laughs> even more some other time. I know. I'll probably um, need them tomorrow night. <laughs> um. Well, the Oscars are just around the corner. And I know you have seen another one of the year's big movies, so I wanted to get your take on Nomadland. Yes. Um, so I finally did watch Nomadland over the weekend, and I have to say it was an exquisite piece of filmmaking. It really is. I loved it. Um, I thought I hadn't seen a movie shot like that since the 90s yeah yeah i mean i think i compared it to some of the early early ish indie yeah uh films of the late 80s to early and mid 90s <laughs> and and you feel it yeah yeah like i hadn't seen a movie film like that in such a long time um you know big budget independent whatever and it was such a it was so refreshing to see it was i was like i was kind of like it was kind of like settling into a warm bath or sitting down with an old <laughs> friend you know where you were just like yes this is the movie the, these are the movies i love um so that was um terrific uh fran mcdormand's performance was of course i mean flawless she is such a wonderful actor yeah um, there's just no, there's no BS to her. Yeah. I don't I, know if you can hear in the background, my, <laughs> Alyssa is listening to a separate podcast and, and laughing her butt off. So it's, she's not laughing at you or me. Okay. I didn't want, I didn't want to ignore the background laughter, but okay. someone, someone's loving life right now. Um, yeah. And the thing about Frances McDormand in this movie is that like it, cause it has a documentary like feel. It has a nonfiction like feel to it. I think it's deceptive that what she's doing feels like it's very easy and that she isn't digging very deep. And it actually is like a very tricky, deeply rooted, artful performance. Mm -hmm. Emphasis on that last word. Super um, nuanced. She really is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, the other thing that sort of really strikes me about her is, and this is good, like, just like I felt like when I, when I thought about it, when I was watching and it just felt like a weird thing to sort of say or think about. But I think that it's a fair point when you're talking about women, you know, actors in movies is there is just sort of like no vanity to her. Like no, she that's just exactly right. Like she just is so open to going with the character. She had a terrible haircut in this movie. The haircut was terrible. It was supposed to be terrible, you know. Um, and and it, and and she looked her age, and she you know um, and she wasn't glammed up, and and so I just thought that that was such a. I mean, you know, I hate to say oh, it was such a brave thing to do, but honestly. When you're a woman and you want to in this business and you want to keep working, that was a brave thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with her, like, there's just no BS. Like, you get total authenticity, total t commitment to whatever the character is supposed to do to serve the story and the director's vision. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was really great. And the fact that there were non-actors in this uh, definitely lended to that documentary feel. Um, but I, and again, I thought I think that was also another brave piece of filmmaking on the director's part because you know that could have gone south very easily with those. Yeah, actors. and I and think she had great um, performances out of them. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say to to Chloe Zhao's credit, like you never feel that these are real people who were shoved in front of a camera. Like they are completely summoning the same feel of everyone else in the film. They are also giving you performances and authentic ones at that. But you're, you're watching, everyone is in the same movie. Everyone is bringing the same thing to it, which is very difficult to do with non-actors. And she does it with, there's no sense of, of pretension or falseness. So is she is is Chloe Zhao nominated for a, a director? Did she get a director nomination? She is, and she's actually got four nominations as a producer, director. She adapted the screenplay, and she's nominated for editing. So she edited and this she's, too. Yeah, she's wow. a major revelation, uh, she... and she has won the Directors Guild and the Golden Globe already. The BAFTA for Best Director, is poised to become the second ever female winner of Best Director. I mean, I've, I was just like, you know, give her all the Oscars. I mean, she's tremendous. She may win them all, yeah. Um, she's absolutely tremendous and needs to be making more movies. I noticed uh, the, the uh, another, because this was on, No Man Land was on Hulu, and The Rider is another one of her films that yeah, I am going to that? watch next. You no, should. I, I want to watch my... that next. That was my number one film of 2018. Oh, okay. Um, and okay. the first, my introduction to her, uh, it was her her first, uh, I think it was her at least feature debut. Um, and also a very personal type of story, um, leans in hard to, to look at everything. Yeah, I think she's truly gifted. Um, and like, there's no sense of ego to the storytelling. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think it, it can be a a deceptive looking film, like, oh, what were all the challenges here? And I think like this film could have gone off the rails or not known how to tell its story in so many different ways Mm -hmm. and doesn't. So I'm really glad you got to see it. I'm really glad that you liked it. And and can I ask the annoying question? Yes. What you think about the quote unquote Amazon controversy? Well, you know, I don't know because I didn't read the book. And so my understanding is, um, well, I guess we should probably explain the Amazon controversy to people that don't know. I guess there are some people who are angry that Amazon is not made out to be the bad guy in the film. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because part of, right? what, part of what, yeah, the Frances McDormand character, Fern, um, as a nomad, Part of how she sustains herself is through seasonal work. Um, and Amazon is one of her employers during the holiday season. Um, we see her in the beginning and then a year later, we see her again um, working at Amazon as a means to an end. And and the movie doesn't place judgment on Amazon for all of, uh, you know the horrific labor conditions that many of the workers have vocalized experiencing. Um, so to me, my take is, well, that's not this movie. Don't bring your, right. like, see the movie objectively. You can like it or dislike it. You can find fault with it. But 
this is something that doesn't exist in the world of the movie. Yeah, Amazon it, is not a villain to Fern. Yeah. So, it, so yeah. These, these are people who uh, are not fans of Amazon, but but want the movie to castigate Amazon since they're mentioning it at all. And I'm just well, like, but that's not how you appreciate things. I, I mean, okay. I guess people were taking umbrage with the adaptation um, that apparently in the, uh, because it wasn't really a memoir. It was more like a reported. It was like a social study. Kind yeah, of. it was, it was a, yeah. like kind of like reported creative nonfiction um, where this, uh, I don't know who, who the author is now. I just spaced her name. I'll look her, um, I'll look her name up. Um, she basically went and sort of like joined this community of nomads and, and reported on them. I think she was writing for Harper's was the magazine article that became the, the, the book, or if I remember correctly. Um, and apparently Amazon factored in as kind of the big bad in the book, which again, I don't, uh, Jessica Bruder. Jessica um, Bruder and... I know she has written for Harper's. I'm not sure if that's where she got it from. Think, I think she, she had the Harper's assignment, I, and then it turned into a book. Anyway, I'm not sure exactly what that was. But, yeah, so it was kind of like a reported book. Um, and, and she embedded with this community, and she worked these odd jobs. And I guess Amazon loomed a bit larger in her story than actually. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read it, and I, I gather that it did just that. But, you know, so, okay, fair point. But at the same time... Is I it think, fair? Well, I mean, I think that it's sort of like you... Well, you know what? I I don't know, because was that, like, if that was... When you're adapting a book, something is always going to be left behind. So you I have think to that make changes. You've got to yeah. make choices, right? Because a book is a big thing, and it's not going to fit in a two-hour movie. So I think that that was a choice, a, a choice that Chloe Zhao made. And it was a very specific choice because she wanted to focus more on, I guess, the... Um, the personal story, the, the personal, the life, yeah. the, 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 not only lifestyle, but also the personal transformation mm -hmm. that um, Fern went through uh, from starting out on the road, you know, starting out as a nomad and beginning at Amazon and through that year and then kind of like ending at Amazon and what point she was at there. And I think for at least what pulled out for me, the bigger bad was not Amazon, but it was the fact that like, you know, this whole town where Fern was from was completely decimated um, when I think it was like a coal mine or something like that closed down and it just completely shuttered the town. And so I think in a way that is sort of like the bigger bad, which yeah, was business, yeah. the, capitalism the, in general, capitalism in general. And and sort of like, you know, the fact that she's she was forced into the nomadic existence because nobody would hire her because she was an older woman because she, because 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 all of these reasons because the town she lived in went basically went bankrupt and there were no jobs right. and that was the one thing that they kept saying especially in the beginning of the movie there are no jobs here there are no jobs here you know and I think that if you look out uh, around the rest of the country that is a very true refrain 
there are no jobs here. And the only yeah. job is going to be that Amazon job. And if you need a job, what are you going to do? You know, Amazon can't be the big bad. You know, Am Amazon wasn't, you know, Amazon's not the reason why that coal plant went out of business. No. You know, and I'm pretty sure it was cool. It wasn't like the small not mom and pop, you know. But I kind of also feel like this sort of like Amazon war that we've been fighting, um, you know, the, 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 didn't we do this 20 or 30 years ago with Walmart? Yeah, we sure did. Like, it's like, I kind of feel like it was the same freaking conversation, like, you know, 30 years ago, like we were saying this about Walmart, oh, it killed all the mom and pops It, you know, people can't be competitive, it's undercutting prices. And it's sort of like, yeah, and that was Walmart, you know, and so and so now Amazon is competing with Walmart. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now we have a choice, Walmart yeah. or Amazon, like, whoa, look, we have a choice. Um you know, so I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like, haven't we, you know, I, I don't know. I think Amazon probably does employ more people than Walmart. I think they pay better. I, I don't know. It, it's a hard, I don't know. I don't think it's a fair uh, argument to make about this movie. Um, I understand the argument that they're making, uh, particularly if it did loom large in the book, but ultimately I don't think that it should be like, but I also gather that the majority of the voices that I I've seen have not read the book. They're just piling on against Amazon to which I also say, okay, well this movie you watched on Hulu, are you not also supporting Amazon? Like you don't watch anything on Amazon. You don't watch, you know, Transparent or the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or the Borat sequel that's nominated or Jack Ryan or any of that. Um, because that just kind of reeks from, you know, either ignorance or hypocrisy. I'll lean towards hypocrisy because it's slightly kinder there. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I sell my books on Amazon. I'm not going to not sell my books on Amazon. I think that, um, you know, what Amazon did do was actually, um, frankly, employ, give, not employ, for all its ills, because believe me, Amazon has ills, and there are plenty of them, and as somebody who sells books through them, I can, you know, I can rattle them off, um, but ultimately, Amazon gave women in particular an ability to make a living and not just make a living, but some of them become very, very wealthy Absolutely. because they were able to get you know, they were able to find a way around the gatekeepers of New York publishing yeah. and get their books yeah. out to market and find their audience and actually and actually have uh, have careers that they would have never had. And these are not people with um, fancy degrees or that had fancy jobs, well-paying jobs. Yeah. These are just people who could have been Fern, right? Like these are people that lived places where there weren't a lot of options or maybe didn't have, um, you know, an education beyond high school, but they were voracious readers and they loved their, you know, the genres that they read in and they loved telling stories and they were able to, you know, pick up a computer or a pen or paper, whatever. And they were able to write these stories and they were able to publish these stories and readers found them and loved them. You know, so I think for as, as much as Amazon has destroyed, there's also they've also given people a lot of careers. They've also employed, or I should say self-employed a lot of people. That's right. So, so it's, so, so there are very, very much two sides to Amazon. 
Um, That's true. I mean, it has, it has really permanently altered consumerism, to be sure, but it has also advanced self-actualization in mm-hmm. a lot of the ways that you've just articulated so well. Um, and yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm not here to argue that it, it's a great corporate citizen. I'm just saying that's not the story that this movie was telling. And ultimately, the whole consumerism thing, like, that's our fault. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, look how most of us survived during the last 14 months. By how ordering much? from Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the race to the bottom with prices, again. Yeah. That's our fault. Because we're always seeking out the cheapest. Yeah. Um, you know, people are not necessarily willing to pay more because... You know, they can, because it's a mom and pop or because it's made in America, even. True. You know, so I mean, you know, so I mean, as much as we can, we can, we can have scapegoats and we can point the fingers, but ultimately that finger is actually really pointing. Yeah, it, it's us. Always, yeah, our finger always comes right back on us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I look, yes, corporate citizenship is a whole other conversation. Um, but even that's even that's a bigger conversation that has to do with tax laws, and the government, and it's true. you know, and why are they? Why are corporations considered people again? Explain that to yeah, me. Yeah, you know, explain I, all these regulations. You know, I mean, they're just taking advantage of them. I, they're taking advantage of the tax breaks, and every other corporation is doing the same. Thing. They are always yes, explaining so, as far as they can. Yes, I mean, Apple is not paying taxes, Microsoft is not paying taxes, Walmart is not paying taxes. You know who's paying taxes? Me and you. I am. (laughs) (laughs) But it ain't those big businesses. I mean, we have a way bigger problem than Amazon (laughs) on our hands here. (laughs) Indeed. There will will just always be people, um, as long as we remain polarized, that will always just be the yes buts. But I'm I'm firmly in the yay camp for this movie, which uh, you know I hope does pretty well on Sunday night. I am night. too, and I hope that Hollywood uh, rewards Chloe Zhao with more work. I would love to see her do more movies because I think that she is a beautiful filmmaker. She created a beautiful film. I, I agree, and with the writer, two films. Did you know that she's already now part of the Marvel universe? I had heard that, and I thought that that was very curious because this doesn't strike me as like a mar. Like, how did they see this? But I'm excited. Like, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like she did make an actual pitch for the film Eternals, and and so she can bring something kind of unique to it. And um, we'll stay tuned there. I guess I neglected to say that the writer is not her first film. Her debut feature is called Songs My Brothers Taught Me. So I just wanted to correct myself and point that out, making Nomadland her her third full length film. Um, but yeah, I you know I think it's clear that we're both fans. Two thousand thumbs up for me. This was such a good movie, and I highly a lot recommend of thumbs. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, go go watch it. You're yes. not going to pay like you know a million dollars to see it in the movie theaters. Good. And you know, and I don't have to. Very good. I didn't have to get there early and sit way in the back. <laughs> Stake your claim. <laughs> so what's next? Um, well, I saw another movie that if you have a Netflix subscription, you can also see for free. Um, or just know someone who has a Netflix subscription, maybe. Um, cracking down on that. But yes. they are. I'm not really sure how well that is uh, being 
you know, like censored, but, but we'll see. I pay for mine, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but the movie I saw is called Over the Moon, which uh, is one of this year's animated film nominees and um, is a computer animated film that I actually really liked. Yeah. And um, the story, like so many of them, centers around uh, a young girl um, in... It's an Asian family, and the mother passes away when the girl is young, but the girl grows up believing this myth that the mother taught her uh, about that it's possible for you to become immortal, and you live as a goddess and ascend to the moon. Um, and so, as a teen, this girl's widowed father ends up um, engaged to a woman who has her own young son and it's just too much for this girl to take and she eventually designs her own rocket ship to take her to the moon so she can encounter her mother and and sort of reheal her family and it's you know the rest of what happens from there um great voice cast from top to bottom um ken jong John Cho, Sandra Oh, Margaret Cho, um, did I say Philippa Sue from Hamilton? Um, she's in it. And also, and I didn't know going into this that there would be so much music. It's practically a movie musical, um, oh, cool. which a lot of really, not just really good songs, but songs that are all better than all five of this year's best song nominees. Um, <laughs> it's actually a beautiful score. Um, co-written by several people who originate in the theater. In fact, structurally, um, I think this whole thing could be a stage musical when those become a thing again. Um, and I don't know if it was designed with that in mind. But the you know what the animation the in this movie is be <laughs> is beautiful. But with projections, you could really recreate the same sensations that the movie does. I I talked over you, but what did you say? I was gonna say watch this space because I, you know, I mean, they're not unheard of. If you think, you know, if it's a musical, it's I bet very you heard will, of. Yeah, you know, I bet you somebody will snap it up. Yeah, I imagine I imagine somebody has already gotten the rights to it, just in case. I mean, has, uh, but it'd be worth this, it. Has this gotten any sort of? I I like you know I live in a bubble sometimes. I haven't even heard of this. Has this gotten any buzz? No, none. I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a real shame. Because I think I like it better than both of this year's Pixar entries, Soul okay. and Onward. And the other one that people have talked about is Wolfwalkers, which is Apple TV Plus, so you can access it, but I can't. Okay. So I'm curious with um over the Moon, is this a Netflix one or was this something that was supposed to be released and they released it on Netflix? No, I think this was already always sold and, and aimed for part of the Netflix animation world. Okay, I was just curious about that. I'm pretty sure that's, that's the way. Uh, cool. But yeah, so Over the Moon on Netflix, big recommendation. Obviously, Nomadland, you know, have 20 billion thumbs up for that. Yes. Um, yeah, anything that you've seen or want to talk about? Yeah, and I just totally forgot the, oh my god, I just completely forgot the name of it. <laughs> Is it Schmed Schmesso? 
Ted Lasso, thank you. <laughs> yes, so also on, on Apple TV Plus. On Apple TV, um, Ted Lasso, which is uh, this weird little co- dramedy, comedy, I guess, um, with starring Jason Sudeikis. Did I, did I say his? I can never say his name, Sudeikis. I think you nailed it. Okay, actually. cool. Um, who is sort of playing this fish-out-of-water um, soccer coach or football coach, as they call it um, overseas. Yes, he, he's an American football, like American football coach, who, uh, I guess, um, college football, um, this is his backstory, um, sent a, a team that was sort of like at the very bottom of the ranks to like some sort of like college victory. And it was a very big deal. And so he gets hired to come and help this, uh, this soccer team or football team, as we would call it. Um, that is like the losingest team in, in (laughs) soccer. Right. Um, and so it's this fish out of water story that originally when I heard about it, I was like, oh, that's not for me. It's like sports and soccer and who cares and all of that. It was an absolute delight. Um, It's really more of a fish out of water story. You don't need to know anything about sports to watch it. Two thumbs up for me. Um, He he plays this coach who is very sort of positive affirmations and it's not and and so he's actually <laughs> like a really good coach and he actually is able to like get them further than they ever went before but what i thought was really really interesting cuz i was watching this going well of course they're going to win the i don't even know what it's called it's not it wasn't the world cup but they were going to like Some win this thing they were going to win this thing against liverpool and they were going to stay no in the spoilers game. yeah wh- whatever it was oh i'm totally going to spoil this and no. so I, I was like, oh, the, like, how do they wrap this up? Like, they're going to win, and how do they wrap this up? And then they just did a thing, and I did not see it coming. Anyway, um, it's, got a, it's got, like, a really great cast, uh, mostly Brits. Um, That's a plus the, for me. Yeah, which was definitely, like, a huge plus. Um, super fun. Super fun storylines. Um you know, obviously he's got some sort of problems at home. He's getting a divorce. Uh, the woman that runs the soccer team, she, or the owner, um, she actually got the soccer team in the divorce from her husband. He was cheating on her with somebody younger. Um, so there's, uh, there's a little bit of like drama thrown in here, but it's all very, it's handled very well. And it's actually very funny, um, ultimately. And so Rebecca, who is the woman who's, who owns the soccer team actually brought in Ted to, um, undermine the team so that it uh. would lose. Cause she, she says it's the only thing her husband truly cares about is the soccer team. And she just wants it to lose. And then it turns out that they actually become really great allies and, um, and a friendship develops between Ted and Rebecca. Um, anyway, it was it was just a lot of fun to watch. It was definitely a sort of feel good, one of those feel good shows where you just kind of like, you know, you're just rooting for everybody, and when they win, you're like, yeah, okay, that's great, you know. And even even the assholes that are kind of assholes, uh, you see them that they have a reason for being assholes, and you kind of forgive them, and so you're you're rooting for every single character. 
Yeah, I've only heard, I mean, universally, everyone says that it's just this really uplifting show, which uh, sounds very refreshing, but it sounds like it's really quite well done, quite well written, quite well acted. So at some point, uh, either we will buckle down and also get Apple or do a free trial when we don't have a thousand other things vying for us. I do want to see it. I, I, I do want to know what everyone has fallen in love with. It was super quirky. I mean, I don't know. Can you just buy these on their own from Apple? Um, like, can you just buy like buy like a DVD, like almost like a DVD, but you can buy I like the. Don't think you can do that. Oh, uh, they want you to subscribe. I think so. Oh, all right. Like I was kind of like, can't you just go to the App Store and like download it? You know that probably is a possibility. But you know, obviously, wait because you might be able to do the free trial. Yeah, something something akin to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Super quirky. Um, so if you like quirky TV. Uh, I do, and I have my own quirky TV recommendation, which takes us back to Amazon. Um, a, a really funny show called Frank of Ireland, which stars two of the, the sons of the actor, Brendan Gleeson, um, Brian oh. and Donal. Have you heard of this show? I have not, but I do know his sons. Uh, what, have, what did I see? Uh, Donald well, Donald's in, in like everything. Everything, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Who He's also very good. Yeah, excellent. Both of, uh, like father, like sons, all, all of them are great. And this is a, about uh, Brian, the son plays someone in Frank, who is in a state of arrested development. He's 32. He lives at home with his mom. He makes lots of bad decisions, along with his friend named Doofus, played by <laughs> Donald Gleason. Um, and it's just like, they just do so many stupid, bumbling, completely wrong decision things. But it's a really charming um, show that has a lot of heart and a lot of uh, funny pop culture references that really kind of hit a bullseye with the two of us as we watched. So it's a six episode first season that all of which can be found on Amazon. And and I don't know, I, I really liked it. It hit us where we live. Um, but But the acting is really great. Oh, that's really good to know because we're kind of like, you know, we're at the point again where we're running out of stuff. And so well, I'm glad that you enjoyed this because we'll this we'll put this on our watch list because yeah, it sounds like they something. are six quick episodes, but yeah, it sounds like something that I think that you'd really enjoy it. Yeah, Anthony would like too. So yeah, Frank of Ireland. Frank of Ireland. That sounds like a lot of fun. So there we go. Fun can be had, guys. We can like things. Yay! We actually liked a lot this time. Yeah, I think we liked everything. We liked go everything. Us. We usually don't like everything. Anything. I know. That's wild. Oh my god. Tune in next like... week to see I... if it can happen. <laughs> I was going to say, twice. I kind of feel like we need to throw in something negative. I'm like, what did I say that I didn't like? <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we can disagree about something next time. I think people like it when we disagree sometimes, too. Yeah, I know. I know. But we never watch the same things at the same time. I know. All right, guys. Then maybe we're putting it on you. Chime in. Give us a recommendation. Um, something that maybe both of us will sit down and watch. Yes. And, and that we'll both that one of us will love and one of us will hate. Quite likely. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. A call to action. Um, you can reach out to us directly. You can always find us on Facebook on Back on the Block Pod. Um, and we're, you know, always appreciative, not just for the listens, but for uh, the engagement, the, the reaching out. And the stars. 
Oh, and nothing more than a five-star write-up. And those five-star reviews. So, yes, we'll appreciate you. Otherwise, uh, Karen, it is a pleasure, as always. Yes, and I'm going to go to bed. And now it is time. And uh, happy 420 to you. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> and there we went. And there All right, we guys. Went. Take care. Stay well. And we will see you next week back on the boulevard. Bye.